0: Welcome to Michael and Ivanka's Grand Podcast, a weekly podcast where we practice shutting up and letting someone else talk.
1: <laughs> Very good. And I always laugh, no matter how he <laughs> describes the podcast.
0: My name's Michael Forrest. And my name's Ivanka Magic. This week, we're talking about a hot topic as of two years ago. <laughs> Fake news.
1: Fake um, news.
0: We're going to talk about it in the pre and post-Trump senses. And we're going to, I went to a talk about it with a a panel of so-called experts in Shoreditch a couple of weeks ago. So, yeah, I got lots of notes from that.
1: And I mostly have thoughts and opinions. (laughs)
0: Responses, no doubt.
1: Responses to things I'm told. And that's it, really.
0: All right. Well, without any further twatting about, let's get (laughs) on with (laughs) it. first how, how are you Vanka?
1: I am good I was going to start I was thinking about an hour ago how I was going to start this when you asked me how I was I was going to say that I was really really tired but I have since had a Turkish coffee with sugar in it. Bob Mortimer used to have 18 sugars in his tea he goes 19
0: is too sweet though.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> that is made up. <laughs> Well, I keep saying that seeing, is fake keep, news, keep, Michael
0: Forrest. Well, I keep getting these clips from YouTube of the show where he—it's like, am I lying or not? And it's always Bob Mortimer with an elaborate story that ninety-nine percent of the time turns out to be true. <laughs> <laughs> like, like he does his own dentistry
1: because he's as mad as he's funny. <laughs>
0: he's very, he's very funny. I don't know if you saw funny. the fishing thing—that was good as well. Him and Paul Whitehouse no. fishing together—it's good. Anyway, sorry, back to your week.
1: Back to my week. So my week has been a fascinating roller coaster ride through Balkan bureaucracy. Uh, the st- <laughs> because I was born in England and I have a middle name, so which is Mary. I'll I confess really to all this. of you. I am. Yes, I'm magic. That's why I'm my magic. Because my middle initial, my middle name's Mary. Anyway. In, uh, when we came to Yugoslavia to register my birth many years ago, they said, oh, you can't have two names. We must put a hyphen in between them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so the, the hyphen just sat there. Nobody really was bothered about it. Until the day that I went to register my child as a Croat. And they went, ah, but the mother's name is Ivanka Space Mary. But the woman who is a citizen of Croatia is Ivanka-Mary. hyphen
0: it sounds extreme, hyphens, like extremely responsible bureaucrating.
1: It's 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 very responsible bureaucrating. So I went, well, so can't you sort it out? You're a registrar. And they went, oh, no, you're going to have to go to the capital. And I went, oh, I don't want to go to the Capitol. capital. Capital, so it sounds like Game around. of
0: Thrones. How far away is the capital? The,
1: <laughs> the capital <laughs> from Ireland to capital is four hours drive Ooh. plus an hour on a ferry. To get off the island, 50 minutes well, on the ferry. So yeah, it is not the same as indign- Game of Thrones. <laughs> it's the same. We went to King's we Landing. To d- <laughs> so this week, and I've been, so therefore I've been postponing, and I was so upset, well, upset. When I went to register my child, I dutifully, like a responsible adult, gone and got all my papers with stamps on them FCO, Apostille stamps, I do I believe is the proper pronunciation. Means. So when you, when you, you know, post-Brexit, when we're all trying to apply for our citizenship. Mm, we're everywhere. all going to know about this. <laughs>
0: <We should> just <laughs> call the episode that for the, for, the, uh, for the SEO.
1: <laughs> the, um, basically, <laughs> the, when you, if you want to take your birth certificate to a foreign country to pr- and prove that it's real, you have to send it to the Foreign and Commonwealth Office and they put a stamp on it and a little piece of paper and that charge you 30 quid. So I dutifully got all my papers stamped I'd got them translated by a court-approved an official translator. I'd done everything. And I turned up at this registrar and she was like, mm, hyphen, no. <laughs> so, um, so a year later, because that's year how long it later. took me to psych myself up oh. to go to the capital to sort this out. I was like, mummy, will you come with me? <laughs> so I made my mum come with me. Because you need someone to hold your hand when you're dealing Hi. with officials. Well, I do. You might not, or one might. I don't. No, it's, it's so I certainly certainly someone my to text
0: constantly.
1: Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I took my mother with me, and so we drove up the day before. We slept in a beautiful. We found a lovely campsite. Let me tell you that I have oh, uh, dutifully reviewed on Park 4 Night, the van owners app. Anyway, <laughs>
0: what's happening?
1: you went to the capital and you went to camping what is what happen- What is this
0: capital oh you had
1: to sleep in one i wasn't going to pay capital... for a hotel on top of is everything like else well, much-
0: what's this is the capital got a name or are you just zagreb zagreb right, okay. the capital of
1: croatia is called zagreb I mean- or as my mother has mockingly started calling it is zag hyphen reb in all her text messages to me she now goes hope hyphen fully <laughs> <laughs> that's good but it's so, high level oh and I laugh a lot <laughs> <laughs> so then so we so we woke up early on our campsite drove to the special registrars for Croats that are born abroad which is what I am mm. and I Walked into this bit, I literally felt sick and was quite shaky because Mm. I'm so used to these bureaucratic processes just taking on the subject of power and respect, (laughs) as discussed in previous episodes. These people hold an enormous amount of power over you. Oh, yeah. If over nothing else, just your time Mm. and your energy. I mean, bearing in mind, you know, there's no life critical event here I've got till she's 18 to register as a Croatian citizen so it's not exactly pressing it just needs to be Mm. sorted so I walk in this building feeling sick (laughs) and I'm met by a guard who goes you know ID I haven't got ID I've got a British passport (laughs) (laughs) she went that's okay and she smiled and she wrote down (laughs) and then she sent me to the room (laughs) 10 something (laughs) so I went upstairs knocked on the room and uh, a lady very nicely and kindly explained to me that I needed to go to the Ministry of Internal Affairs. Okay. <laughs> so, but she gave me the address, so I went, trundled off to the Ministry of Internal Affairs. I had to go to room 207.
0: Right, you remember that one.
1: <laughs> where the lady wouldn't give me her name, because I was like, hi, I'm Ivanka Mike, what's your name? And she went, I'm here. <laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> you here. <laughs> I said, I just wanted to thank you for your help. She first of all looked at all my bits of paper and kind of tutted and took sharp intakes of breath. And um, then she said, but you could sort this out at the Croatian embassy in London. I was like, I'd rather come here because I'm here now and Mm -hmm. everyone's told me I have to come here to the (laughs) capital. Can't you sort it out? (laughs) So in front of me, she gave me a piece of paper and a pen and went, write this tapping on the piece of paper and literally dictated to me the letter that I needed to write to her to ask her to change my <laughs> hyphen. Nice. Um, and it was literally to the risk, because it, at the top, it, you have to put like, to the Ministry of Internal Affairs, and then and it puts request request. And then, then I had to write to the honourable above named, <laughs> please, now request. And then, uh, obviously, I haven't handwritten anything for bloody ages. Never mind, in Croatian. So I was like <laughs> frantically. I only had one typo. Well, you know, what's it? What's a handwritten mistake? A mistake. Just a mistake just a so I crossed it out. Put brackets around it, like my mother taught me. Right. Writing. And then I had to go and get everything photocopied. Twice, but she said, don't go to micro macro over the road because right. their photocopier is not very good and we can't read it. So I went to a different photocopier and uh, now I have to wait three months. Okay. But <laughs> <My> hyphen. Hyphen.
0: <laughs> hyphen. God damn it. You, that's but, 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 so you had two helpful people?
1: I did. I did. Okay. I did. I was just so they were really helpful people, which shocked me enormously. (laughs) One was nameless. One you'll never know. (laughs) One was nameless. (laughs) She refused to give me a name. But yeah, I was so psyched up for it to be a nightmare because, you know, even my 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 first meeting with the registrar a year ago, who kind of went no. um, She then she even said to me. Well, why did you, what did you do this for? <laughs> I was like, I didn't do it. Um, oh and then I think because I was pumping adrenaline and so nervous about it that I was yeah. absolutely exhausted. And then I had to drive all the way back. Yikes.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that I had a nice
1: road trip with my mum. The tears yeah, in cream. the
0: eyes at the at the bureaucratic threshold. It's uh, <laughs> uh,
1: while the lady who wouldn't give me her name sitting there tapping things on her computer and making me I, I was so polite I ended up making notes about what what the difference is between respect and fear right <laughs> I was like you know you know how you know if, if respect is to hold somebody in high regard it's I like, don't hold her in high regard I do now because she was very nice and helpful yeah. but it's like I don't respect you. I am afraid of you yeah. and what you can do to me and what you can do. And uh, and in this ministry, obviously, it's full of refugees and people. You can see there's, you know, I went to a special room for foreign, you know, Croats born abroad. But there's all these other people queuing down the corridor with, you know, to be met by officials who probably sit there going, no. Mm. <laughs> it's like, so I'm like, at least I've got no, you know, I can work, earn a living, travel, Um, so it wasn't exactly life-threatening, but...
0: Well, it's bad enough when it's holiday threatening, let alone
1: life.
0: It is. Well, you know, holidays. Yeah, I feel like you know my my thing, feeling kind of it's like. Well, I mean, it's kind of a first world problem that maybe not getting to go on holiday. But then I'm like, it's what it represents. I haven't had a holiday for so long, and I just need a break. And it's coming up to my threshold, age threshold, and it's like, if if this is taken away from me, I'm just gonna like all that hard work.
1: It's true. When that first lady did did the, um, you know, you're going to have to come to Zagreb. And I said, it's not that easy for me to come to Zagreb. And I said, well, you know, like just, it's not, it, I can't just pop down the road to Zagreb. And I said, if I fly in, I've got to take time off work. It's going to cost me money just to come to you, to, for you to remove a hyphen. Seems mm. utterly <laughs> ludicrous. Mm. And this sort of assumption that you've got all the time in the world to give to their processes. Um, but yeah, when you find a helpful one, God bless them, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what
0: I say. Well, it puts a different spin on that, like being stopped by a police officer who will then waste some of your time as punishment, <laughs> like writing things down. The part of the punishment is just you were in a hurry and now you've got to stop and wait for ages. But the fact that if that's the punishment, then what did you do wrong? What did you do to deserve it when you have to kind of go into the the capital and all things? Anyway, well done for uh, making some progress and um, not swearing or showing any rage. No,
1: that was so nice. I I channelled all my good upbringing. Mm. (laughs) And my mother would have been delighted. How was your week, Michael?
0: This week, I... Finally, successfully made my mechanical, like music module trigger, trigger module, which you plug into the the time sync output of a modular synth, and it spins a disc round once every sort of bar, and then I sort of p- punch holes in it, and then shine a light through it onto a photo sensor, and then that triggers hi hats and things, so I can have like physical little discs of rhythms that I can sort of interchange as part of my music playing. Um, right. Which is sort of highly inspired by the work of Graham Dunning, who's I mentioned before, and I did his video mechanical techno thing. But his is sort of with huge records with pegs sticking out of them and like big, heavy, clunky things. And those, those, um, those are uh, test tube stand things that you had at school. He kind of has a load of those wired up. But I wanted a little sort of compact version that, um, that I could sort of plug into the rest of my sort of modular music equipment. And I finally, and it's been so hard to get that stepper motor thing working. I had to really, uh, I had to get a special chip to, because you have to invert the current and stuff and do weird stuff. So it's not like trivial to, just turning a motor around is surprising. a A stepper motor is a motor that goes in discrete steps. So each time it gets a click, it clicks around one step and then there's 96 steps and then that's what the time code signal is. So it means that, and you have to, I had to order these special motors from India and I blew four of them, which probably cost me 70 quid just in those. And then, well, the motors themselves are maybe like a fiver, but then the shipping was like 30, 40 quid or something for a few What was so motors. special
1: about the ones from India?
0: Just, I needed steps of, I didn't want steps of, most stepper motors you buy are in 100 increments, but I wanted oh. uh, 96 increments or like a, you know, a factor of 12 style um, yeah, one yeah. because uh, that's what the musical... Uh, time code is be yeah, a very excited look at my instagram for the little prototype i'm so proud of myself like when i got that working and then and i was so proud with how quickly i got the other half of it once i'd got the motor going around like because i've been like this same time last year i was kind of tinkering with this arduino stuff and i was getting really stuck on stuff all the time and it keep dragging out but today like yesterday i just kind of knew oh no yeah I pin four on this one can't be assigned to an interrupt. It has to be two or three. I remember this because <laughs> I put it on four and it doesn't work. And I know oh I just switched it. It works. And um, yeah, just all of those things that were just like baffling. Like, oh, you can only have what? All really specific weird things about particular chips. So I'm very proud of that. And uh, but ne- the next step is kind of manufacture. I need. To, I can't find a plate in the right width, and I've got to mount it and drill holes and find a way of sl- having a little sliding pair of components that go above and below the disc and things like that but I'll figure it out it'll be fine. That was exciting.
1: it's exciting. <clears throat> That's a good story. Is it? <laughs> yes. That is a good story. Bravo. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> Second one like uh my, last uh, I've been um you know well after last week this didn't make it into the podcast. I was talking about how musical inspiration always seems to strike me at, like you know one AM on a Sunday night when I've got to go to work the next morning, even though I've had a whole week beforehand, not, you know, free. Like I've had a holiday or something. i just and it just always comes at the worst time. But I was feeling a bit disingenuous about it because I think the last time I actually did anything about that was eight years ago. Like I think I've just been sort of turning up and doing things in the day. But on the, um, Thursday night, I just I woke up from this dream at sort of three AM and there was this song in this dream just playing. And I woke up and I was like, that's a good song. I like that. And I guess I wrote it. I'm going to use it. I'm going to take it. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone in the dream is me. So I didn't, I'm not, but I'm, I'm not going to overthink it either. Like lyrics maybe wouldn't be something I'd normally write, but it's just a love song and it's, it's sort of hung together well in the dream. And I was like, okay, but I've got to kind of remember what I was saying and actually like get myself hurt. Because I wanted, to, I needed to say, you need to sing these things into your, you think in the middle of the night that you're going to remember the tune you yeah, think yeah. you're going to remember it you always think you're going to remember it oh, I'll remember that in the morning Morning, no, no chance you just have no idea so I sort of like dragged myself out of bed picked up my phone went to the bathroom which is down some little stairs Sharon's like
1: I'm
0: like no I've just got to go and I kind of record this melody and then I kind of get back into bed and I'm like I don't know I'm thinking of a verse so pull myself I end up having to pull myself out of bed like four times to go to the bathroom and hum something into my phone and then uh, like say something so that I don't forget it and then like I'm still for another half hour like Writing down lyrics and things and eventually I get sleep. But then the next day we were supposed to record the podcast and you said yeah, you were delayed, but it just meant that I was able to spend all of yesterday working on this song. And I'm quite Ooh. proud of myself for how um I proved this to myself like a few years ago that I can if I know the sound I want, I can get it. So I was quite I'm quite proud of myself that if I you know, I know how it sounded in the dream, so I know how to make all that. Come together, so that's what I've been doing. And I'm like, yeah, and also I just really love, and it's it's this thing of having this studio. I had a bit of a moment this week of like, I don't like this, I don't like being on my own all day. I don't like not really having someone tell me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, technically I'm getting paid. I, I got paid for a couple of projects, so I'm not completely kind of out in the cold, but I was like, I just don't like this being on my own all the time. And I'm not really, am I using the studio? But then I'm like, well, I am recording the podcast in here. But then I just on the day that I did have the inspiration, I did need to record it. It was just such a, you know, no barriers to just being able to record the song. And then... Recording it, playing it back, listening to it. I've got a really nice speakers. I've got a treated room. Taking it back home, playing it on the speakers at home, or playing it in headphones, and going, "Yep, that's what I wanted it to sound like." Instead of when you don't have that setup, you play it on something else, and you're like, "Oh God." what <laughs> it just sounds wrong because there was a resonance in your room there's acoustics right, and right, right. it was all very specific so um that is a great privilege and it sort of makes the money i'm spending on this place kind of all worthwhile just that well hopefully this song will I it's 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 very much a i think i don't think anyone can be made uncomfortable by it which is quite good for me <laughs> That's what I seem to specialise in stuff that. Oh, that's cool. Oh no, you made me feel weird. Oh, I don't want to hear that again. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: if you send it over, I'll have a listen. I'd love to listen to your productive weeks. <laughs> well, there's results. a good
0: there's a good story as well. Like I, I decided because um, I've been playing this computer game all week. Hollow Knight. It's a very beautifully done game, and the music in it. I, I just got stuck on this. I was playing this game on Thursday, and then I got stuck on this boss, and then. But then I thought I think there's the there's something about the music and something about the sound in that bit that was I'm gonna I think I'm gonna use some of that in this song when I never sample I swore off sampling years ago but I thought this is quite but I'm gonna go and rip the game samples because the, and this is how I started when I was you know 13 on my Amiga I would the only way to get sound, like music samples and beats and like strings and pianos and things was to um, play a game, restart the computer, load up this sample editing program and scroll, like go to the end of the RAM and like there'd still be the samples in there and you could chop them out and save them. And then that was how I got all my <laughs> samples. So... Um, yeah, th- yesterday I was I was I was kind of doing the modern equivalent of that, which was this game happens to be done in Unity, which and there's someone's written something where you can rip the assets out of Unity games, but it only works on Windows, so I had to kind of set up a virtual machine and kind of get Windows running and then get all the kind of environment set up on Windows so I could run this program and then get the, kind of figure out how to get all the samples out. But I mean I managed to figure it out. I got the samples that I needed. So this was part music.
1: of your activity yesterday. Yeah, this is
0: part of the composition process, <laughs> kind of like ripping the samples out of this game. But yeah, so yeah, I liked it. But I thought it'd be a good story. I thought it'd be quite a good sort of like callback to how I started out. So I can sort of say that when I send it to people. And isn't that why people Mm. care about things because of the story? Also, I haven't done any press on my app, and I kind of need to talk to you about. I need Nick to give me some advice. I think on,
1: on your calorie app, on
0: how to spend your life promoting a thing, like rather than just kind of making other stuff instead. Um, yeah, the calorie app—I've got a few downloads, but like hardly any. And I, but I, I just need to sort of do the press drive. I just haven't sent a single email yet, and I just don't want to. don't want to. I just don't want to. I just don't want to email anyone. <laughs> So this week we're going to talk about fake news partly because I went to this uh, parliamentary internet communications and technology forum on fake news a couple of weeks ago which had this panel of experts talking about fake news so I, and I I Ivanka wanted me to go she was like can you go yeah, to this Ivanka
1: made him go Ivanka made me
0: go <laughs> So I was like I guess if Ivanka's made me go I should probably we're going to want to talk about this on the podcast in which case, I should probably make some notes so that I'm not just going. And then the one guy went this, and then the other guy said, so I can't remember exactly what he said. And, oh, and then the other, so this woman was like, whoa, whoa. But I can't quite. Yeah, you know, I thought, well, why don't I write down all the quotes and write down the names and kind of try and do a good job? So I've got some a few pages of notes, which I probably should have reread before um, <laughs> coming on to, just realized it's like, what is all this? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Was there was there some sort of definition of fake
0: news? Council of Europe person, Say Akiwowo, founder of Glitch UK, she broke it down into misinformation, which is unintentional, disinformation, which is sort of knowingly fake news, and then malinformation, which is sort of like leaks, harassment, hate speech type related things. That was how people tried to define it.
1: Fake news, in my head, (laughs) Mm. is things that look like or are reported in what would be considered to be acceptable channels or mainstream press, things that you'd find that are more along this line of misinformation, disinformation and, you know, that kind of like, yeah, you know, if it's, I don't know, like that Fox News thing where the woman was... um, Telling everybody that in Denmark socialism's ruined everybody's lives or yeah, something. Yeah. which is a genuine Fox News or yeah. uh, you know, video, which is that's a supposedly a proper news channel.
0: Yeah, yeah, but people- so, so um, I, I mean, for me. Yeah. So when fake news became this kind of buzzword, I did some research into it at the time of Trump getting elected, and to just try and see what these sort of like Hillary stories were. Oh, Hillary's aide found murdered in a was murdered someone in a hotel room, and all this kind of like complete propaganda-style fake news because we were suddenly becoming aware of this sort of like alternative bubbles, alternative realities that other people were living in um, via Facebook. But it was very much like fake news is we're going to just make stories up for clickbait slash manipulative purposes that these websites that look like news websites, but actually if you dig a little bit, you realise that they were, they were set up by Cambridge Analytica. They were set up by someone that wants to kind of farm links or they were set up by, you know, foreign governments. But it was it was very sort of these are stories that, have been manufactured and used the fact that the internet can make sort of illegitimate stuff look just as legitimate as stuff mm. that has journalistic ethics behind it and uh, is accountable. Where it, and people suddenly start, because they find something that goes with their beliefs, they find this article that sort of agrees with them so they don't look any further. And I think we're all guilty of that. Like if some, if we agree with something, we don't tend to sort of want to do any more research into it because it's like, oh, well, that reinforces my worldview, so I'll just assume it's true. Um, yeah. And I've tried to become better at that. And, you know, there's someone on my Facebook that started sort of posting things up, and I was like, you know, you see something, I'm like, I, I really want that to be true, but I do. it, it smells funny, so I'm just going to go <laughs> and check. And then it's like, yeah, no, that's completely made up. But it takes it takes a lot to sort of be conscientious about sort of reading those sorts of things when they agree with your beliefs. And a lot of what was happening then was because people were being targeted stuff that would sort of like tip them over. They already agreed with them and it would... But it was manufactured content for the purposes of either making money from ads or, I guess, like nefarious purposes. But then what Donald Trump did, just as everyone was talking about fake news and it meant that... He started using it to apply to the mainstream media, Mm. which, like, I distrust. I, I'm pretty sick of the mainstream media, right? I'm pretty sick of how things are reported. I I can't listen to Radio Four anymore, and I like. But so there's obviously like a cultural thing where people are generally sort of have lost faith in a lot of these older type news channels, but that is not the same thing as... Like, he changed, He tried to, like, hijack it in the way that a lot of these this new politics have done. Like, the thing that... When you're talking about one thing to mean fake news, which is what we started out talking about, they then will hijack the term, apply it to something completely different, and then you can't talk about the real problem anymore because... They're using the same language to apply to something completely different.
1: There's a, a bias in all news. Mm. You know, Whoever's the editor of whatever it is you're watching, reading, listening to, has made a choice about which stories to run with, how much time to give them, how many words, where to lay them out in the newspaper. There is always bias. That's not new.
0: Yeah, and we've I talked think- about... Um,
1: you know, that's sort of like the way they're, they're, they're sort of giving people the platform, blah, 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 and understanding who's writing an article and what their their backgrounds are, understanding your own biases, like, you know, what you're talking about is a confirmation bias, which yeah. is a known thing, blah, 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 And And propaganda isn't new. We no. used to, like, during the Second World War, the Allies used to leaflet... German cities with anti-Hitler propaganda leaflets. It just then it happened to be bits of paper flying from the sky, which is, and all government, many governments have put out news articles. To, in many, many countries, the main news sources are controlled by the government. So the the, the spin on the story gets to be the spin they want you to hear. Yeah. History is written by the victors, la, la, yeah. la, la, bias. But I suppose spam is... is
0: Fake news is used clickbait. for spammy clickbait, and um, and then that sort of but like, I think it's the same. I think that's that's the and it's sort of it's the same sort of thing whether it is propaganda or if it is someone just. Harvesting, you're know, trying to make money. You could make a lot of money by like churning out these sort of true sounding hyperbolic, sort of like politically charged stories because you can just say anything. You just try and think what would be the most shocking thing for people to hear. And you just kind of like churn those out and you get the clicks and you get the ad revenue and you don't care what, what it, it does. does. It's just absolute yeah, kind yeah. of, it's not, I, I didn't want to say it's it's nihilism. It's just sort <laughs> of, I'm just, it's just. Blind capitalism at work. It's like, if if there are no social consequences, I will do this. Oh, I've spotted a way to exploit this sort of technological structure to to my own ends. But when it gets darker is when it's, you know, employed by the likes of Cambridge Analytica and, and sort of where they're actually kind of targeting with a political agenda, with manufactured content designed to kind of tip um, undecided voters onto yeah. the side they want with just like a little nudge. When it's intentional, that's when it's terrifying. And that's, and that's I think, responsible for... That's yeah. the technology that has resulted in Trump and Brexit happening. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. That's I the mean, technological yeah. landscape that has allowed that to happen. It's this secret... It's this blind bubble kind of thing where you can just be exploited and you don't know... That they know something about you when you're when they're sending you that thing.
1: Yeah, I mean it's the the technology. I mean, just as it's apart from the political example, there's also the sort of old snake oil example that in Mm. the olden days really would be a couple of people, you know, walking from city to city with some bottles of snake oil, (laughs) going telling people individually. Now they can, you know, you can fill a Facebook stream with very accountable looking videos and things telling you professional
0: looking content because it's so easy to spin it up yeah yeah yeah
1: so what was the the purpose of this talk was what to talk about how one might curtail such a thing
0: yeah it was like can we well i mean it was they they had this sort of like web-based q a system where at the start they asked everyone a question you had to like vote yes or no and the question was can we fix fake news and my, to which my response was, like, fuck you. What? Yes or no? Can we fix... Cra-? And then at the end, they, like, ask it again. Oh, we've seen it. 5% people think... What is, the, what, what is that achieving? <laughs> um, can we, it was, yeah, It's like, how are we going to fix fake news? To me, like, and I may have said this, my, my problem with it is by the time your cookie-warning-style solutions come in... And all the GDPR. Have you, have you been on the internet recently, Ivanka? <laughs> Jesus. I have. It's been ruined. <laughs> GDPR is it's like, how? But like you get a form. You get a questionnaire when you land on a website now. Like, I don't know. Agree to all. Like, what's that helping? Like, but by the time you get that sort of like legislation in that attempts to protect people from fake news which it'll be some like slightly weak kind of solution that throws a lot of baby out with the bathwater in the process guess what fake news isn't going to be the thing anymore it's going to be the next thing right it's going to be some new technological vein that's going to be exploited like so catch up but jesus like that's not even the question
1: The idea of duping people is not new. No, no, it's absolutely. <laughs> not yeah, at as all. you keep saying,
0: like the idea of yeah, like people have, and and in the past, kind of misinformation has has lasted thousands of years.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like like,
0: false you know, information, a... <laughs> manipulative info. I mean, you can put this on the church you can say yep. there's an awful lot of those Ten Commandments are like God being how did uh, how did uh, Contra Points put it God just being really like having a really fragile ego like don't talk about anyone else don't look at anyone else you're not allowed to think about any other gods or anything like that just me it's all about me and then only like one or two of them are about fucking oxen and like, there's a couple of misogynistic ones there's like don't kill and then like most of them are just just this really kind of you and you go to church and it's a lot of by modern standards really crude sort of low-tech marketing speak it's really it's like oh you're camp oh that's a bit clunky like but it was you know they lasted a long time because but, but now there are experts in that sort of thing and now you know I've worked in a marketing agency I can spot like a Marketing conceit when I see one, and like you, I I mean I can tell that was invented a couple of thousand years ago because it's looking pretty ropey now. And can you? Not aging though. Yeah, it's like, and that's you know we're getting wise to stuff, but unfortunately the technology is moving faster and faster, and these veins that can be exploited by people are emerging faster and faster, and maybe the change that can happen is getting faster. Or maybe I'm like overreacting, and maybe you know there's always been disinformation, there's there's always been misinformation, there's always people exploiting things. I mean, how much damage can you really do in a four-year, hopefully, presidential term? <laughs> and, it like, Brexit, oh, like, it's our lifetime, probably, but maybe the effects just... Uh, maybe they're not as monumental as we think they are because there's uh, the battlefield is constantly shifting under our feet in such a way that we can't but, even... But
1: maybe the, the Trump-Brexit thing is the thing that needs to happen to get people to be more discerning about what they're seeing.
0: Yeah, well I, I think it's I think it's forward. I think it's like you you ask people what they want and you be transparent and you have less centralized political control over what people are seeing and thinking. You let people think for themselves more, and you let the marketplace decide how people think, you let the market decide what the values of the culture are instead of the, you know, instead of someone that has a moral system. This is kind of what we end up with. If it's not a forward momentum towards the next thing, if it is truly retrograde, I can't deal with that idea. But I think because it's so technologically powered that I I, I can't really think of it as a retrograde thing. It's just behaviours we've always had being amplified and... creating resonances of the likes that we haven't seen and we're seeing this shorter and shorter feedback loop as co- of cause and effect than we've ever seen before in history
1: i'm just thinking about the um the the letting the market decide things yeah <laughs> so if that either so maybe that's for the next episode yeah, right. but i wonder with a lot li- in a weird way with a life are we just getting a bit too relaxed so therefore it's easier to dupe us
0: I think it's literally just getting more sophisticated. Like, who would know? Oh, I didn't know that story had been specifically written to manipulate me, me and 10 yeah. other people like me. How, yeah. Why would I even ex- suspect that? It looks like a popular news site. Yeah. You
1: know? yeah, yeah. And people don't yeah. understand
0: the technology. I just think it's, I don't think people are getting more relaxed. I don't, I just think that they're being more and more bombarded. And I think we, we say people have a short attention span. No, they're just... There's a very competitive information environment. Like, it's just... Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not... We're not... No one's lazy. It's just they're trying to deal with a barrage of stuff coming into their faces. We're all just people still. We don't... Oh, my God. Like, when you start to... One of the things about the internet is suddenly you're exposed to... Like, before the internet, you could pretty much more or less imagine the sorts of things that people were likely to do that you were likely to come across. But then the internet comes in and you start getting these spam emails that... I Just one for me, like, when the first spam... Like, okay, I get why people would send out an email to thousands of people with Viagra, an advert link in it or something like that, or, like, some sort of, like, scam. But when the spam emails started to be random bits of poetry with no call to action... (laughs) And you just realize the internet is—you just realize the internet is a place full of so many people that anything, just the fact that a person can think about it means that someone is going to do it. It's like that rule forty-nine. If that—if you can think of it, there is porn of it. Is that rule forty-nine? Uh, it might be rule forty-seven, but let me just check. <laughs> rule. Let me just make sure I got it right. Uh, rule thirty-four. There is porn of it. <laughs> no exceptions. <laughs> although I'm looking at Urban Dictionary and it's a whole list of rules of the internet (laughs) Rule 39 is there is furry porn of it, no (laughs) exception. Full Fact, Snopes and something I've seen as well they're playing catch up all the time So, if someone kind of breaks a fake news story, you're not going to be able to fact check it yet. And I found this with a couple, you know, when I've started getting more vigilant about what I saw on Facebook and like fact checking, I noticed this, you know, the very new stuff, like there's no Snopes page yet. So you're kind of a bit stuck then. If it is breaking fake news, it's sort of like, yeah, like you can only, how do you catch up with that? You can't really. So that all goes into we need some sort of deeper systemic way of combating this or some sort of like more transparent. But what you could show is how fact-checked a story is So if it is at zero still, then, you know, And in the same way that a real news story, you you wouldn't publish it without three sources kind of thing. That's a journalistic ethic, right? You have to make sure you have a certain number of sources before and they have to not be the kinds of sources that like circular references that you can get. But if we, you kind of need to expose that to the people looking at it. Um, But that that doesn't come out of this. This It's just me talking. But um, this does tie into something that Orit Kopel Co founder and VP of Business Development at Wiki Tribune. So she's working with Jimmy Wales on. This sort of Wikipedia-style news source where you can sort of see all the full interview transcripts. You can see all the kind of changes that've been made. You can see the whole history of these articles. She so kept saying how that you know we're hiring professional journalists. It's not sort of like Wikipedia where it's sort of anyone. It's yeah. all based on this thing. And the idea with that, I guess, is that they they sort of usher in a new era of. It's not enough just to write the story and be trusted as a news source. You have to write the story and kind of show your work a lot more. And maybe that improves things.
1: One of the things that happens when I read a story, I'll go, what is this website? Who is the person that wrote it? And I might even go like, you know, there's loads of things. I'm forever looking up, I don't know, how to promote something. How to promote a podcast on the internet. And uh, and so, you you, you know, do a bit of Googling, find a thing, and then somebody's written a thing, and you go, who are you? What do I know about you? Absolutely. naffle. Okay, I'm not going to listen to you. Um, I can't find any... You know, you've used journalistic effort, accountability as phrases when you talk, mm. you know, when you are talking about these things. And it's like, you know, that there is a, a very quick fire way, or there should be, where if it's a particular journalist at a particular source, that that they, they should be able to earn some trust.
0: Yes. So but the, I kind did, of you want know, to ask if the, if the playing field is simply trust. Then I, I don't know. I would say that, that that's not enough anymore, mm. because everyone because needs also, to be on a level playing field. Because well, it's sort of like we just need to ask more. You know, from- the
1: idea of read, you know, having sources available and transcripts of interviews and all this kind of thing. It's like, yeah, but you are the journalist. <laughs> you do all the interviews <laughs> yeah. and then analyze it. Do what you are going to do and write me the news article and I'll read that, please. Yeah, well, I yeah, yeah that's, that's, what, that's what you want,
0: but it's like science. The whole, you know, you publish a paper, you publish something that someone else can reproduce. Um, you you look at Wikipedia, you, you read an article and you go, that seems a bit off. You can go into the full history of it and see, but you don't do that every time. But no. the fact that it's there means that you you know there's going to be more... You're going to be reading The Tip of the Iceberg and you know there's people that will read everything. You know, you'll, yes. you know there'll be Richard Stallmans <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <you> know,
1: <laughs> that will <laughs> want News kind of
0: yes. check everything out. Um, and you just sort of... You know, the reason I... I am comfortable clicking I accept on terms and conditions on things is because I know there are people that I'm confident that I will see the story of Facebook just changed their privacy policy to mean that they can do this with your data. I have faith in the internet, that the internet will discover if they're up to something and I will see that story. If I didn't, I would read all of it because I don't know what else you can do. But, yeah, the fact that you sort of know someone will...
1: (laughs) And that
0: you know that you could if you needed to, like I think that's that's something that where science has to do that. And if 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 we're talking about you know people making random stuff up that seems true, which is is something that scientists could try as well, um, you have to have this infrastructure of just showing your work, I guess. So, but this, is, this isn't something that even came out of it. I think, like, Wiki Tribune is sort of built on that. And I don't know that, if we can I mean, expect the, to see more of that. I think no. what Facebook has started doing with the little fucking eye that goes, this is our website. Okay. Right. <laughs> cool. But, Thanks. But, that helped.
1: But don't, um, but <laughs> even with a with scientific paper, they also get peer reviewed. It'd be quite interesting yeah. to see an article written in the Telegraph. Be reviewed by journalists from The Guardian. <laughs> oh, yeah, wouldn't <Be> really? <laughs> it? We could do that. That could be fun. Because again, you know, there's this sort of, I know I don't know if this is a fake news thing, this mm. whole, we've had enough of experts. I have not had enough of experts. <laughs> <So> <laughs> there is too much to know and too much going on for me to possibly be expert enough, even to sometimes ask the right questions. Yeah, yeah. That's but, the hard thing.
0: But I have to say, like, this when 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 the panel of people that talked were referred to as experts at the end of it, I was like, what I mean, that's not no one here seemed to have any expertise on this particular subject. <laughs> they may have been experts in their feet. The- I mean, there was a couple of this 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 night, I, just to sort of talk about the evening a little bit, it was it was all very there was too many people up there. There was and then it would just like, the it, there was, like, a Tory person and a Labour person. And, I you know, it was Tulip Sadiq, who, I, you know, I like. She seems cool. And then, like, this Tory guy, Lee Rowley. But, and then there was another uh, Labour guy. Tulip wasn't quite as guilty of this, but a couple of times the discussion just got derailed into, well, no the con- Conservative government did this to school dinners, and, oh, and this was misreported. And they started having these partisan arguments which just to me was like okay well this you might as well just delete this out of the whole discussion now because it bears no relation to the thing it's completely empty it's that just it just reminded me how non-debate our parliamentary debates are how there is no you don't listen to what the other person says you don't really make arguments in good faith you just say the party line you kind of squirt this stuff out the other person ignores it squirts their stuff out and neither party is any the better off at the end of it that is not a debate and so it just it was it was interesting seeing people trying to have a conversation about something mixed with the occasional that kind of utter facade of debate that we've come to accept as somehow legitimate there was one thing where someone said oh well the house of lords is ahead ahead of the game a little bit even more than the house of commons on a lot of this stuff and i was like i mean you're just talking about that blockchain paper that went around (laughs) i I saw that yeah i guess you could say that but they're still completely clueless tulips it seemed to be under the impression that with some effort it would be possible to catch up to this stuff and start legislating for it whereas lee Rowley, that guy Sort of shared my nihilism on it. <laughs> so you're never going to catch up. I think it was Lee that, yeah, well, but yeah, that's what he said. But then he also said, um, but what is truth? <laughs> At one point, I was like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, beautiful. <laughs> this is not the time and the place. But he did say, I guess the conservative line being like, it has to be the platforms. We can't police what people say. Like he has, you know, someone set up a fake account to troll him and it's, he's, he can say he happens not to like it. But, you know, the person who set up this account does... Have a right to be satirical. Tulip was saying about some, you know, she was got really under attack from because she said something about Trump visiting, and she got absolutely kind of like jumped on by the internet and attacked and trolled and like death threats and people like uh, like revealing her address and things like this and some really dark yeah. stuff. And she just couldn't get anything out of Twitter to kind of do anything about it. So, but to some extent, like the platforms are responsible for this, yes, and they need to have a a value based way of de- you know if you the fact that if the verified person can say look this stuff is happening they can see everything that's going on and, and the power the platforms have probably makes them terrified because they because shouldn't they have turned off trump's account a long time ago
1: yeah well you're yeah, totally but i think but but i do think some of this is to do with the fact that we've got analog models for some of these things that we're not bringing online like you know, the the right to protest. You can organise a demonstration, but you have to let the police know. And you can, you know, you can you can't just go and stand out somebody's, outside somebody's house and hurl death threats yeah. at them. And you know, we've got to start treating the technology as we do our offline world, frankly. That and actually and it should be policed just as much as your streets
0: are. Yeah, and something Tulip said, like you know, the Leave campaign overspent on the thing, but the the fines just weren't enough. They just paid the fine. Hmm. Like there's not the punishments for this stuff aren't anywhere no. near as severe as they should be no. because people sort of don't think it's real, but it's
1: more real than anything. <laughs> It's just because it's on the internet because this, the, 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 the internet being full of lies or whatever or being light-hearted or full of porn doesn't make it something that isn't serious and doesn't need policing
0: properly. Mm, yeah, it's still people. You know, I think
1: it's like, yeah, and I mean, I, I think that example of the Leave campaign not being fined properly, that really is probably one of the most disappointing things that i've had come out of britain for a long time because that's the kind of shit banana republics pull yeah is that you know i don't know if you're allowed to call things banana republics anymore but you know like (laughs) some some tin pot dictator in somewhere obscure does stuff like manipulate the news to their advantage not britain you know that's a kind of sign of decay if Mm. there ever was one
0: Okay, this episode ended up being uh, a bit longer than we uh, necessarily planned so i'm gonna break i'm actually gonna break it up into two and uh, we're gonna stop there and we're gonna have two sort of short episodes or maybe a little bit of a bastardized episode so yeah thanks for listening uh, to part one of fake news if you like the podcast find us at grandpodcast.com um uh, what else can people do Vanga?
1: People can find me at Ivanka on Twitter. Where can they find you, Michael? You
0: can find me at michaelforestmusic.com. And and you can, um, yeah, so please share our podcast. Please tell people if they don't know how to do them, how to do them. Send the thing, come to the website, hit subscribe if you haven't already. And like, why? Why? Why should they? Because this is important, isn't it?
1: It's definitely important.
0: I quit my job at LBI because I got sick and tired of my brain getting filled up with what was wrong with this this company, the way that they were doing something that was so... Unbelievably trivial seeming in the grand scheme of things. And it was hijacking my entire consciousness. And I was like, I need to leave because I feel like if I start thinking about something, then I've got quite a lot to say about it. And I don't want to be thinking about your bullshit. I want to be thinking about the real stuff. And now, uh, like 10 years after I first quit a job because I had that feeling, finally I have a weekly platform, a weekly conversation with you, Ivanka, also there, and we are talking about subjects that actually should be thought about in some depth and for that I'm profoundly grateful and I just really hope that you can see that that's important not you Ivanka you listener I know you (laughs) see it's important Ivanka because you turn up every week Um, but like seriously like this is I, I tried to do it through blog posts I tried to put it in music I tried to do it in these different ways but I feel like this podcast finally I get to have ramble rants on things that actually mean something So cool, right? Can we keep it going? Help us keep it going. Share it, spread it, we need attention. Surely you can see that perspective that this is important. Bye! No, what do you think, (laughs) Ivanka?
1: I think that was a very heartfelt outpouring there, Michael Forrest. Thank you.
0: (laughs) And made me Um... very uncomfortable.
1: I don't know how to respond no <laughs> no I think that yeah
0: I agree I All agree right. with you Michael thanks alright <laughs> <great>. <laughs> bye everyone thanks for listening bye. ciao bye 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 I can say ciao because my girlfriend's at the town.